Hello and welcome to Come and See, a home-centered podcast-supported Come Follow Me. I'm Sam Rencher. And I'm Wendy Rencher. And uh, we're covering Alma chapters 23 through 29. And we have kind of a theme that we'll carry through. It is being truly converted unto the Lord. We see in verse 6 of chapter 23... It reads, and as sure as the Lord liveth, so sure as many as believed, or as many as were brought to the knowledge of the truth through their preaching of Ammon and his brethren, according to the spirit of revelation and of prophecy, and the power of God working miracles in them to them. Yea, I say unto you, as the Lord liveth, as many as the Lamanites as believed in their preaching, and were converted unto the Lord, never did fall away. Uh, we're going to talk about that being truly converted unto the Lord. Um, and when you're truly converted, you never fall away. And that is, that is, of course, what I want for me and my family, that we will be truly converted unto the Lord so that none of us will ever fall away. Um, so we're going to just cover a bunch of principles of conversion, what people who are converted do and what, what you do to become converted. So let's go to verses 1 through 3, which, um, which are first, what we will find our first ones. This is in chapter 23. Chapter 23. Yes. Verse, <laughs> verse 1, um, we start out with the king of the Lamanites sending a proclamation to his people, telling them to leave Ammon and his brethren alone. He follows that up in verse 2 with a bunch of specifics like don't lay your hands on them, don't bind them, don't tie them up, don't throw them in prison, don't spit on them, no smiting or hitting them, no casting them out, no stoning them, don't throw any rocks at them. It's funny to me that he has to put that list. Maybe it's not funny. Um, but then he goes through a list of things they should do. They should give them access to their homes, to their temples, to their sanctuaries. Uh, verse 3, we know that the king and all his household have been converted to the Lord and thus being converted, he is doing his best to remove obstacles that stand in the way of the word of the Lord moving forth. The exact wording in the verse is that the word of God might have no obstruction. So that gives us our first conversion principle. If we are converted to the Lord, then we should do all we can to remove obstructions from the word of God rolling forth. There can be a lot of examples of these. Let's say that I wait to read my scriptures the very last thing before I go to bed. Well, then an obstruction for me would be being too tired. I, I know from experience that that doesn't work for me. So if that's an obstruction for me, which it is, then I choose to read my scriptures first thing in the morning. Um, if being too busy to read your scriptures, I just don't have time, then being too busy is an obstruction, and that, that's actually not okay. We have to do something to be less busy, because reading scriptures is a commandment, and it's important if we want to be converted. Um, if we're not prepared, preparing adequately for the Sabbath on Saturday so that our Sunday mornings are not holy, then that's an obstruction to us being converted and we should do a better job preparing for the sacrament on Saturday. Whatever 
obstruction is there to keep us from being converted to the Lord, we should remove those. That's what converted people do. They remove obstructions. Things that are keeping them from God. Things that are keeping them from filling the Spirit. Things that are um, not helping them to keep the commandments. Yes. Um, we want to go to verse 6, back to verse 6 again, um, and we're going to read it again, and there's a bunch of things that converted people do that we find in verse 6, and it says, And as sure as the Lord liveth, so sure as many as believed, or as many as were brought to the knowledge of the truth through the preaching of Ammon and his brethren, according to the spirit of revelation and prophet, of prophecy, and the power of God working miracles in them, Yea, I say unto you, as the Lord liveth, as many of the Lamanites as believed in their preaching and were converted unto the Lord, never did fall away. So um, our second um, conversion principle is to believe. He said, as, as sure as many as believed. So having faith, exercising faith in God's word, trying it out and, um, and choosing to believe. Um, that is part of being converted. Um, third, it says that they were brought to the knowledge of the truth. And I think we have to hang on to that truth. When we find truth, we have to um, embrace it and, and then hang on to it. Because in this world, there's so many voices and so many opinions. Um, and so we have to make sure that, that the things that we're hanging on to is, is truth and God's truth. That means following the prophet, I think and seeking revelation so that we can learn for ourselves what is true. Okay. So number four is to, says that they were filled with the spirit of revelation and of prophecy. Sometimes we might um, feel like that applies to prophets or missionaries, or um, maybe we don't think about it as applying to us in particular, but really if we want to be converted, we need to be filled with the spirit of revelation and a prophecy goes back to um, President Nelson's hear him. If we, if we want to truly know Jesus, um, we have to be able to hear his voice. Um, number five, um, it talks about that them, the power of God working miracles in them. And I think part of being converted is accepting and being a part of miracles in our lives. Um, knowing that God still works with his children, that his power is real, and that we can ask for and be a part of miracles. Um, and that can help us to be converted as well. And then number six, um, it says they were converted unto the Lord, meaning they had a broken heart and a contrite spirit. They were willing to follow God's commandments. They were willing to accept his correction, I think, and to accept his will for them. We see that in later chapters where um, the, the Lamanites come against them and they have laid down their weapons of rebellion and then they lay on the ground and allow themselves to be killed um, rather than fight. Um, that, that's really being converted unto God, knowing that that, that was Heavenly Father's will for them because they shouldn't take up those weapons of war. Which ties with really is the seventh one. We find that in verse seven or yes, verse seven and 13. Uh, For they became a righteous people and they did lay down their weapons of their rebellion 
that they did not fight against God anymore, neither against any of their brethren. Verse 13, And these are the names of the cities of the Lamanites which were converted unto the Lord, and these are they that laid down their weapons of their rebellion, yea, all their weapons of war, and they were all Lamanites. Um, so they were converted unto the Lord, so they laid down their weapons of rebellion, all, it uses all their weapons of rebellion. So what are what are weapons of rebellion? Well, it, it could be, it could be computer games, it could be social media, it could be unhealthy food, it could be laziness, it could be pornography, it could be unkindness, pride, gossip, TV, movies, whatever our weapons of rebellion are. If we are to be truly converted to the Lord, then we must lay these down, bury them deep in the earth. Um, I think, you know, they were a great example of choosing to repent, choosing to give up um, things in order to know Jesus better, um, choosing to accept um, commandments and keep commandments and choosing to leave a former life and habits and embrace something that was new. And so whatever it is, again, that's keeping us from knowing our Savior better, that's our weapon of rebellion. And, and um, those are the things that we need to bury deep in the earth and get rid of so that we can really accept Christ and his sacrifice for us. It's well said. And the eighth one, we're still in chapter 23, verse 16. And now it came to pass that the king of those who were converted were desirous that they might have a name, that thereby they might be distinguished from their brethren. Therefore the king consulted with Aaron and many of their priests concerning the name that they should take upon them, that they might be distinguished. So someone who is converted desires to have a name that they might be distinguished. And the name that, that we have, the name that we take upon us to be distinguished, is the name of Jesus Christ. We take his name upon us when we are baptized. And then weekly, we take his name upon us as we partake of the sacrament. So a person who is converted takes advantage of the sacrament and makes it meaningful. I think at this time where so many of us are having church at home this is a great opportunity to make sure that we're that we are teaching our kids about the sacrament that we're um, really helping them understand that ordinance and the sacredness um, and and that we are taking jesus's name upon us and we don't necessarily have any great teaching tips for you except that but i just feel like this is this time at home where we're together um, having the sacrament in our homes, at least for many of us, that this is really an opportunity as parents to pray and to think about how can we make that more meaningful in our own home. Great. Um, we get 9 and 10 from one line of verse 18. And they began to be a very industrious people, yea, and they were friendly. So number 9 is someone who is converted to the Lord works hard. You know, we understand that time is precious, even a gift, and there's really no time to waste. We need to be industrious people if we're converted. And the tenth one is a converted person is kind. Uh, my favorite general conference talk of all time is The Virtue of Kindness from Elder Joseph B. Worthland. And if you want motivation to be more kind or help in knowing how 
Um, to be more kind, you should look up this talk. You'll love it. Um, but a, a converted person is kind because our Savior is perfectly kind. Uh, we cannot afford to behave any other way. Uh, chapter 24, uh, we get the Amulonites and the Amalekites stirring up the other Lamanites. And this group then come in with anger to kill the converted Lamanites. Uh, chapter 24, verse 6, Now there was not one soul among all the people who had been converted unto the Lord that would take up arms against their brethren. Nay, they would not even make any preparations for war, yea, and also their king commanded them that they should not. So the eleventh one is not a single convert would take up arms. A convert uh, will not return to their sins. This is really part of repentance. Um, we give up sins and we never return. We bury our weapons or our sins uh, deep, deep into the earth and never, never go back to them. This, this example of these people is really inspiring because I, I don't, it was a lot of, I mean, they had committed serious, serious sins. And yet when they were converted, they gave up everything. They didn't turn back. They didn't look back. Um, and, and I think we all know that that overcoming sin is not necessarily easy. Um, sometimes people, you know, have sins that kind of plague, you know, you have a sin that plagues you for a long time. It's just something you just can't quite get rid of or you just can't do better at. And um, so this example is really inspiring. And I think part of it is recognizing that they truly had accepted Christ as their savior and he gave them the power um, to be able to overcome those sins and to be able to bury their weapons so deep that they didn't return it. It wasn't that they just had a lot of willpower. It was that, that they had accepted Jesus as their savior and he was the one that, that helped and allowed them to be able to do that. Which is what you just described is what a mighty change of heart is. And only the Savior can do that. Uh, chapter 24, verse 7 to 10. And for that matter, all of chapter 26 is a whole nother um, theme. This is, we could have done the whole podcast on this theme because it's, <laughs> it's so prevalent in these chapters. But we'll read these. Now, these are the words which he said unto the people concerning the matter. I thank my God, my beloved people, that our great God and his goodness. Um, I'm going to skip to eight. And behold, I thank my great God that he has given us a portion of his spirit to soften our hearts. Skip to nine. And behold, I also thank my God. Skip to ten. And I also thank my God, yea, my great God, that he hath granted unto us that we might repent of these things. And also that he hath forgiven us. Those are many sins and murders which we have committed and taken away the guilt from our hearts through the merits of his son. So the twelfth thing a converted person does is a converted person is grateful and expresses that gratitude to our great God. That's gratitude to our, and for our great God. It's gratitude for the Spirit. It's gratitude for our Savior and the Atonement. It's gratitude that through the atonement we can repent and have our hearts softened. If we look in verse um, 23 of chapter 24, it says, Now when the Lamanites saw that their brethren would not flee from the sword, neither would they turn aside to the right hand or to the left, 
but they would lie down and perish and praise God even in the very act of perishing under the sword. So it's praising God even in the very midst of their affliction. We're not just grateful for great things. We're not just grateful in good times, but we're always grateful. Someone who is converted can show gratitude um, no matter what the circumstances are. Um, and that's not always an easy thing to do either. Yeah, it's probably an impossible thing to do if you're not converted unto the Lord. But if you are truly converted, then then you then you do, you can, because the Lord is will help you to be grateful even in those hard hard circumstances. Maybe we could go over just a few more things about gratitude from chapter twenty six. Um because again that message is super prevalent in, in so many of these verses. Um in verse 1, it says, um, how great reason we have to rejoice. And verse 3, we are able to be instruments in God's hands to teach the Lamanites. And Ammon in this chapter is, you know, it's his glory in the Lord. And he, you know, Aaron even, you know, rebukes him a little bit and says, I think you're boasting but Ammon is just like, no, I have so much to be thankful for, so much gratitude for Heavenly Father that I, I have to speak it. I have to say it out loud. Um, verse 6, it says, Yea, they shall not be beaten down by the storm at the last day. Yea, neither shall they be harrowed up by the whirlwinds. But when the storm cometh, they shall be gathered together in their place, that the storm cannot penetrate to them. Neither shall they be driven with fierce winds whithersoever um, the enemy listeth listed to carry them and and he just says that my enemies can't come against me because we're not going to be beaten down by the storm at the last day because god is so great um verse eight he says blessed be the name of god let us sing to his praise um verse 11 but behold my joy is full yea my heart is brim with joy and i will rejoice in my god and verse 12, yea, I know that I am nothing as to my strength. I am weak, therefore I will not boast of myself, but I will boast of my God, for in his strength I can do all things. Yea, behold, many mighty miracles we have wrought in this land, for which we will praise his name forever. Um, I, I, I could actually keep, keep going. There's so, so, so many. Um, we have reason to praise him forever in verse 14. Verse 16, I cannot say the smallest part which I feel, for our joy is full. So if you are if you haven't studied these chapters, we're a little late in recording this week. We started a project in our backyard and it sort of taken over, but then with a holiday and we had a birthday. So we're a little behind on recording this. You might have already studied um, this week, but if you haven't yet, I would suggest you look in, in chapter 26 um, and, and look for all of the ways that Ammon is showing and expressing gratitude to God. And then maybe think about how you can express more gratitude to God. What is it that you have to be thankful for? Um, we're living in certainly a unique time and so many difficult circumstances surrounding us. And yet, I think as we truly are converted, we choose to see God and, and he helps us to be grateful um, no matter what might be happening in, in our individual lives. I totally agree. That chapter is such an amazing chapter. Um, and remember, this wasn't an easy mission. They're not showing that much gratitude because everything was perfectly easy. They watched over a thousand of those who 
they helped come into the church and be slain in cold blood. They, that list of the things that the king said you shouldn't do, the reason he sent it is because so many, so often those things were happening. They were being stoned and cast into prison and tied up and spit on and beat up and they suffered hunger, thirst, and fatigue. And and yet, here's a, this whole chapter of, I can't even say the smallest part of what I'm grateful for. They're such a great example. There's a few more. Let's move on. Um, chapter 24, verse 11. We've already done this one. It ties to number seven, repentance. But it's worth it's worth doing this one again. Verse 11, And now behold, my brethren, since this has been all that we could do, as we were the most lost of all mankind to repent of all our sins and the many murders which we have committed, and to get God to take them away from our hearts at the mighty change of heart. For it was all we could do to repent sufficiently before God that we would take away, that he would take away our stain. Um, the seventh um, for it was all we could do to repent. Um, sometimes we don't repent because it's hard. It takes humility. It takes effort. It's hard to talk to someone that we've harmed, but sometimes that's what it takes. It might talking to a parent. It might take talking to a spouse. It might take talking to a bishop. It may take all our courage and all we can do, but it is totally and completely worth it. That that is sometimes what repentance takes is all we can do. But that doesn't mean don't do it because it's going to take all your effort. It, we should still do it. Repentance is amazing and worth every effort. Um, the 13th one is in verse 14. And the great God has had mercy on us and made these things known unto us that we might not perish. Yea, and he has made these things known unto us beforehand because he loveth our souls as well as he loveth our children. Thirteen, someone who is truly converted to the Lord knows that God loves them. Um, God does love us. We should never believe the lie that the devil tells us that we've sinned too much or that we aren't good enough or that we're not lovable. Um, God loves us. Um, he loves all of us. He loves us more than we could ever comprehend. Um, let's go on to um, number 14 and this we can start uh, with in 24 verse 18 it says and this they did it being in their view a testimony to God and also to men that they would never use weapons again for the shedding of man's blood and this they did vouching and covenanting with god that rather than shed the blood of their brethren they would give up their own lives and rather than take away from a brother they would give unto him and rather than spend their days in idleness they would labor abundantly with their hands so if someone is converted um, makes covenants with god it says that they did this that they would vouch and covenant with god and conversion always leads us to covenants. And covenants lead us to more conversion. It's a little bit of a circle. A cycle, absolutely. Um, covenants are not just nice. They're essential. Uh, in order to return to God, we have to make covenants with him. And um, part of the way, you know, of course we are baptized, but then we, we also go to the temple. We make covenants there. And over in, in chapter 26, we learn a little bit more about those covenants. Um, 
Elder Bednar in, in the May 2009 Enzyme, he um, had a, shared a talk on conversion, and, and one of the things he did was to compare uh, in verse 5 of chapter 26, he compared the sheaves um, where the field was ripe and they were thrusting in their sickle and reaping, and behold, the number of your sheaves. And he says, sheaves are newly baptized members of the church. And then sometimes sheaves are also referred to as blessings. I think there's more than one interpretation of, of this verse, but Elder Bednar referred to sheaves as newly baptized members of the church. And then he said, and they shall be gathered, these sheaves, into the garners, that they are not wasted. And he compared the garners, which is a storage um, facility, if you're talking about farming, he compared that to holy temples. And so as, as we are, are looking to be more converted, um, we're perhaps not newly baptized, but we're all working on being converted and we should be gathered to the gardeners or to his holy temples, which is where we also make covenants. And when we gather ourselves to the temple, I think verses 6 and 7 teach us the blessings of that, how we are strengthened by being gathered to the temple. So let's read, do you want to read verse 6 for us? Yep. Hang on, he has to turn his page. I'm God. Yea, they shall not be beaten down by the storm at the last day. Yea, neither shall they be harrowed up by the whirlwinds. But when the storm cometh, they shall be gathered together in their place, that the storm cannot penetrate to them. Yea, neither shall they be driven with fierce winds, whithersoever the enemy listeth to carry them. And you want to do seven too while we're on it? Yes, I do. But behold, they are in the hands of the Lord of the harvest, and they are his, and he will raise them up at the last day. So a few things I think that I learned that we can learn from, from this, these verses. It says, they shall not be beaten down by the storm. When we're gathered to the temple, we are not beaten by the storms of life. We, we get that peace that comes from the temple. We see the big perspective. We see God's love for us. Um, and that helps us to not be beaten down by the storms. And also in verse 6, it says, Neither shall they be harrowed up by the whirlwinds. So to be harrowed is to be distressed by. So when we're in the midst of this crazy world, um, we cannot be distressed by the whirlwinds if we're gathered to his temple. Uh, it says that, they shall be gathered when the storm cometh they shall be gathered together in their place so we're spiritually safe because we've made our covenants we're working on keeping our covenants we're we're going to the lord's temple and finding him there um, neither shall they be driven with fierce winds whithersoever the enemy listeth to carry them so we're not driven about by every wind of doctrine we know truth and where to find it we know the savior's voice we can hear him um, and that and that helps us um, to be converted. And then in verse 7, it says, He will raise them up at the last day. We, I think when we're gathered to his temple, we can expect exaltation. We obviously aren't perfect in this life. Um, but if we're gathered to the temple, we're trying, we're doing our best, we're working, moving forward, we're repenting regularly we can expect um, to live with God again and to have exaltation with him.
That's great. So I don't know if this list seems long and daunting. We hope not. We hope it's just the opposite. But if it does, um, let's look at chapter 27, verse 27. This, this amazing verse gives us a summary of what a truly converted person does. It says, And they were among the people of Nephi, and also numbered among the people who were of the church of God. And they were also distinguished for their zeal towards God, and also towards men. For they were perfectly honest and upright in all things, and they were firm in the faith of Christ even unto the end. I love the wording. They were distinguished for their zeal towards God and also towards men. Really what that is, is zeal towards um, God and, and his two great commandments. It's to love God and love all men. That, that is what being converted is. It's loving God and loving all men. That, that's a summary, really, of, of conversion. Maybe we do one more. The very last verse of this block Chapter 29, verse 17. Yea, and also all those who are the fruits of their labors. So these are those who were converted. They pray that they go no more out. So it's let's not just be converted, but if we do these things, if we love God and all men, if we do these, this list, if we, if we make sure we do the things converted people do, then we will go no more out. It says also, but that they may praise him forever. And again, these chapters so much about gratitude and about recognizing God and his glory. And um, I think as we're converted, we are, it's easier to do that. Um, we see um, his hand in our lives. Great. Thanks for listening this week.